This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When it comes down to it, what are we at our core? We are North American waterfowl. Hello and welcome to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. My name is Elliot and I really appreciate you joining me on this podcast. It's really growing, so I appreciate your support. The best thing that you can do to help me out is just to tell your friends about this podcast. If you're listening to it, it means you're probably a North American Waterfowler. You probably like the content, so just share it with your friends. Tell them about it. Spread the word. I'd like to keep this growing. So today we are going to have a patron on over at Patreon, patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. Once a month, I've got everyone's name on a wheel and I spin it and whoever it lands on comes and joins me on the podcast. And then we do a live recording. And once or twice a month, we do a live live recording like this where anyone can come and join and watch the video feed, comment, and it's just a hangout session. So if you want to get involved in that, go to patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting there's multiple tiers that you can sign up for and so um something that you might enjoy before i bring josiah on here and the interesting thing about josiah is i actually know him we met and i'll get more into this later we actually met out scouting we've hunted together once he hunts my same area so i probably won't give as many probing questions as to where you hunt as i normally do (laughs) With other people because we like to keep our spots kind of hush hush so i'll probe into other people's places but don't be probing into mine so it ought to be an interesting conversation though um and i'll bring him on here in a second uh before we get him on here i want to remind you fabrand.com that's final approach they are coming on strong they purchased the old final approach and it's the guys at rogers and they have redone everything they've got they've got 
renowned decoy carvers that make all of their decoys and and then they turn them into something that is purchasable by you guys and i love their decoys um the only flaw i'd say on the decoys is they are a little bit heavy but they're gorgeous looking i really really like them and one thing is definitely absolutely on my to-do list and i'm curious i'm going to get josiah's thoughts about this i want to get a lot of people's thoughts about this but when i was out in the sand hills with matt he's got three dozen coots and i really really liked him and and so i plan to upgrade my spread for september and october and may as long as i'm seeing coots i will use this i would like to have five dozen coot decoys um, i think if you're going to use coot decoys you don't need a dozen or two every time i've been affected negatively by coots there's a lot of them and so um, i know that matt's three dozen worked when i hunted with him because we shot our limit what well, we had success every single day we shot our limit one day hunting over those coot rafts so i definitely want to get on get in on that and these coot decoys are small they're light in his in his um old town canoe he had those three dozen and a dozen mallards and a dozen teal all in there i mean they fit in a nice little package and that's something i'm certainly going to add to my spread for sure so make sure to go over if you're looking for waterfowl equipment to fabrand.com and your product code is fdh10 for 10 percent off if you're looking for a duck call, go over to Ducklander Calls. The product code over there is NAW23. Bobby Hayes, this is him and himself. You guys should go check out his shop. It is so, well, you probably need an invite because it's on his private ground, but it is really, really cool. He has done everything to perfection as, as far as the displays and how it looks. It's just him. He started that thing up, and, and that's his um, That's his sole business. It's awesome. He's cranking out some amazing duck calls. So go and get a duck call from him. And as always, if you're not using Onyx, you are playing with one hand tied behind your back for sure. I had someone contact me and like, well, I've got these other, you know, uh, uh, this is just as good as these as Google Earth. No, 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 no. If you if you think that Google Earth is going to do what Onyx does, you have never used it because it is a different ball game um, than Onyx. Trust me, it is a different deal. Onyx is a different ball game than Google for sure. So please support those partners. And if you want to track all your hunts, all your stats, I know Josiah does. I've seen him on, on the boards. Go to uh, the North American waterfowler.com or on iOS or Google play. You can just search in the app store, North American waterfowler and download it and start logging your hunts. So let's go ahead and get into this. I'm going to bring Josiah on there now. How's it going, Josiah? Oh, doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Tell me a little bit, as I know when we ran into each other, you told me what you do for, you're an engineer, right? Um, I'm actually a wildlife biologist, but I, I work for an engineering company. Okay, okay. Re refresh my memory as to what you do, then I want to get into how we met and your background and, and how, and one thing I want to talk to you about is how your plans to deal with the drought this year, because it's awful uh, where we live. But uh, tell, tell us exactly what you do. Yeah, so I do um, I do environmental permitting for various types of development projects. Um, someone's wanting to build a transmission line. I help them figure out you know what kind of permits they need. If there's any um, threatened or endangered species that they might run into while they're constructing, and and figure out how to minimize those impacts. And that is is that just in the state here in Kansas? Uh, we work all over all over mostly in the midwest but yeah all over the 
Do you have any any species that come to mind that you've had to deal with as far as animal protection? Um, I actually work a lot with bats. Um, hmm. So there's a couple of species of endangered bats that, that come up quite a bit because um, they hang out in the trees during the summer. So anytime you're doing tree clearing during the summer, there, there could be impacts there. And is that in Kansas? Um, yeah, Kansas and, and other states in the Midwest. What what bats do we have that are on that list in Kansas? So in Kansas, uh, the main one would be the northern long-eared bat. Huh. How many different bat species do we have in Kansas? Oh, boy, off the top of my head, maybe <laughs> 10 or 12. Really? There's, yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch in the Red Hills. That's kind of the, the highest concentration of them. But and they all, they the all, most of them, most of them live in the trees. Um, some of them do. Some of them live in the caves year round, um, and and a lot of them will will hang out in trees during the summer, and then in the fall they'll migrate to the caves and and then hibernate there for the winter. That's really cool. I know that I love seeing them at dusk and and watching. Most people, my most people that I've interacted with when I see them have no idea that they're seeing bats. I mean, they're right yeah. at dusk and you see them there. If once you know what their flight patterns are very easy to see right at dusk. And most people don't even, don't even think about them. They're, they're really cool. They're, they're a really interesting um, piece of wildlife. I remember one time when I was a kid, we had been at my grandparents' house and we came home. We lived in an old house in the middle of Kansas and it actually had like a basement, a middle floor, and then a top floor. Um, and we came back and there was a bat that had, I don't know, somehow was in our house flying around and I don't remember the full story, but I know my dad had the net and my cat was chasing it. It was, we trapped it in a room where the piano was. My cat was on the piano, like jumping at this bat as it's circling around and the piano (laughs) keys were hitting my, my dad finally caught this thing with the net. And the cool thing is my dad was a a wildlife biologist um, as well. So, you know, he's always trying to teach me stuff as I was growing up. And he got this thing before he released it outside. He held it in the net. We got to look at it and everything. And I had no idea we had bats. I mean, and as a kid, you think of a bat. It's like you think of like a villainous like vampire. You're you're a dumb little kid. But it was a real cool moment um, for me to see that bat. So. That's that's pretty cool. Are there any any other stories from your job that pop up? If not, it's okay. But um, any other stories from your job that pop up in your mind? Oh, I don't know. It's it's always something something interesting, something different. Um, like I said, we work all over the United States, so we do everything from flying around in helicopters looking for eagle nests to um, you know going out on big boats on the rivers and doing um, electrofishing studies. So. Always that's something really interesting. Cool. That that sounds really fun. I bet you enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. It's a really cool job. And what does that allow you as far as your hunting schedule goes? Is that like a Monday through Friday, 9 to 5? Or what's your hunting life like? Yeah, I mean, yeah, typically I'm in the office, you know, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 kind of thing. Um, but I do have some flexibility to, to work from home and take half days and stuff. So a lot of time... Uh, during the hunting season, I'll take the morning off, go hunting, and then come back and work the rest of the day from home. Um, that re- works out really well because then I can avoid kind of the you know the weekend rush. 
So let me guess your age, because I think you probably look younger than you are. Are you like, you're somewhere between 28 and 32? Uh, one year older. <laughs> 33? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do people tell you that you look younger than that? Yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. that. And you've got, you've got little kids running around, right? Yep. I got two girls. Uh, they're five and seven, so they keep me on my toes. Has that dented your, uh, put a dent in your hunting time? Uh, when they were first born, yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, but um, I've been kind of ramping it up since they've they've gotten a little older. So, yeah, I have seen your name uh, pop up on the leaderboards. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen it on there. It seemed like you had some decent hunts during teal season, and maybe you haven't hunted since then. Tell me about your hunting year so far. I'm um, obviously no specific locations, but yeah, what has your hunting year look like season look like this year? Yeah, so I. Um, I got out around our area during, during teal season and, and had some success, um, opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the drought was really affecting things, but I was able to find some, some nice mud flats that, that some teal were using. Um, but it, it kind of went downhill from there. So I, I had a few other hunts, I think, and, um, I maybe shot one during that time mm-hmm. um and then for big ducks um i i take a trip up to north dakota uh every year in october so that was um that was during that big cold front that came through how'd you do so we did we did pretty well the 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 cold front kind of threw a wrench in things because it just changed the the behaviors and the areas they were using and um, all the little little potholes and stuff froze up overnight pretty much, so that mm-hmm. that changed the areas that we were able to hunt. Um, but we did get one good uh, afternoon field hunt in, and that was pretty fun. And then and then some lake hunts, which are always always a mixed bag. So you were in North Dakota, you say? Yeah. So what dates were you were you hunting up there? Out of curiosity. Um, days, it was the last, the yeah, it was the last. I can't imagine of, you missed that. You missed Halloween with the, those little girls. Uh, no. So yeah, what was that up there? It was like a Wednesday through a Sunday. When, okay. So you were there, right? Cause the front hit, I think Wednesday, Thursday ish. Yeah, that's right. So how much snow did you guys get up there? Uh, not, not that much. It was maybe two inches, but the wind was blowing like crazy so right there were some pretty good snow drifts yeah yeah see we were up th- i was worried about our trip because that was right around when i was on the missouri river up there um and we our first hunt day we, we hunted saturday sunday monday so the snow for us came saturday started left from like 10 to 2 it was snowing, which shut down. I don't know if you've seen any of those videos, but it just, it ruined our hunt. It just, which I've always loved snow hunts and I've always had good success with them. But this one, we were, we were clicking away, shooting a bird every 15 minutes or so. And it was one of those hunts you felt like, well, we're probably going to limit out. It was just going to take a while. And that snow started and it was like, it was snowing hard. And the ducks were just like, we're done. And the decoys, we couldn't keep snow off the decoys. And it was a wet snow and all, I mean, it was, it really ruined the day. Uh, it was fun, but it like it shut down the hunt. But then the next two days we shot our limit. 
both days, but we did not see them. I mean, we saw some mallards, but but the mallards were obviously still north of us. Um, were you seeing mostly mallards when you were up there? Uh, a, a decent amount. Um, and, uh, yeah, still a lot of, a lot of divers and, and gadwall and stuff up there, but it seemed like when that big cold front came through, um, a lot of the ducks, they either moved out or moved to areas where we couldn't see them. Um, and then the snow geese showed up pretty much overnight and Mm -hmm. like all the big lakes up there had a bunch of snow geese on them just overnight. It was crazy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Were you able to shoot any snow geese? Yeah, we did. We uh, we actually did some jump shooting on them. Yeah, so <laughs> that was fun. Did you kill any big piles of them doing that? Uh, not not crazy big. Um, we I think we got uh, we got like ten on one of our sneaks yeah. that we did. I've had I've only had I've done a lot of sneaking and, and jumping of snow geese, but I've only had one to where we like we killed like I don't know fifty five Aiden and I did when like four or five shots we killed just a load of them. That's the only time I wanted. I don't I don't it's it's too much. There's too many cripples that get away. There's too much cleanup. There's too much cleaning. It's more meat than I want. It's just too much. It's it's just those yeah. things too much. And, I mean, the way that we typically do it, and I tried to do it on this way too, is like we'll get in close to a group and then we will try to pick out something because, snow, you know, you know, snow geese are crazy. They never settle down. They get up, they circle, they sit down. Or sometimes they'll do like the back to the front feeding where, um, especially on land, they'll do this, where the, the, the birds in the back will jump to the front of the group. And then they, they keep leapfrogging each other. And so they'll work a certain direction. And so we'll kind of get it an end. And, and the whole thing is like, we want to see the spectacle of it and then take like, maybe if I can kill five or six on that deal, you know, but when you kill 50 and there's just cripples, have you ever seen one of those videos? Like where they jump shoot on a pond and they kill like a couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we spent, I don't know, probably over an hour. Um, one of our guys in a kayak chasing down, Right. So, yeah, yeah, that that part was no fun. Yeah, those videos where guys come up over a pond and just kill like several hundred, and they just keep the camera on. It's like a massacre. I mean, they're just walking around forever, just killing and killing and killing and killing. It's like a massacre. I don't. It's like it doesn't feel. I know we need to decrease the population of snow geese. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just that's not for me. Um, I want to get that like one or two clean kills. And then you've watched all the snow geese, you know, 
all that time. That's what that's what I'm looking for. So it kind of sounds like yeah, maybe that's what you guys had. Yeah, yeah, and we we uh, we probably should have had a, a few more on our our field hunt um, up there in North Dakota. You you're not allowed to hunt geese after two p.m. except hmm. like Wednesday, Wednesdays and Saturdays. You can hunt them all day. That's weird. But this this uh, this field hunt we were doing. Um, it was a, it was an evening hunt, um, mostly hunting ducks, uh, but we had some snow goose socks and stuff out mm-hmm. and this flock of maybe six snow geese circled around a couple of times and then they just, it, the w- wind was blowing pretty good and they, they just hovered like 20 yards over our decoys and <laughs> couldn't shoot them because this is after 2 PM. Oh, that's good. But it was cool to watch. <laughs> Still a spectacle. How many guys do you guys go up there with? A big group? Or? Um, we've got five of us that that pretty much go every year, and then the couple people that may come one year and, and not the next. So yeah, it's a good. Group. Is that like your main group of hunting guys that you hunt with around here? Uh, no. So um, these guys I know from from college, um, and so they live up in a lot closer up in Minnesota. Um, and then I drive, drive up from Kansas, but yeah. So it's like a reunion every year, kind of. Yeah. Oh, but that's fun. How many, how long do you guys normally stay? Um, like Wednesday through Sunday, usually. Uh-huh. So, um, we're, we're talking about maybe making it a longer trip just cause it, it's hard to get a good pattern on the birds mm-hmm. in, in that short of a trip. Um, but you it, you can also run into um, like possession limit issues, you know. If you're right, you shoot limits three days in a row. That that doesn't usually happen, but um, you could run into issues there. We've got to find a way to get that possession limit stuff changed. It is so oh, I know. stupid. Yeah. It's like they're saying, "No, you may not eat duck the whole year." Sorry, it's so stupid. It's like you know, if we kill a lot of ducks, we want to be able to spread it out. I want to be eating ducks in August. You know, it's yeah. Like, it's so stupid. It's got to be back to like the the market um, hunter days, where like, no, you've got to quit doing this. We're gonna check your freezers. We're, it, oh, it's got to get changed. It's so dumb. Yeah, I agree. Because Jordan and um, Zach and his buddies went up there. They shot limits like nine days in a row, and wow. they were keeping up on their. They were eating nothing but duck. They were just eating it like crazy. And finally, they had to quit hunting. They didn't hunt their last day because they just eventually they couldn't keep up with that possession limit. Um, but it's like if I go on a trip like that, I don't want to eat 100% duck. Yeah. I want to go out to <laughs> eat. I want to, you know, I want to relax. Uh, it's just so dumb. I don't know. I don't know what, what can be done to change that. Hopefully in our lifetime, it'll, it'll happen. It'll get changed. I mean, they changed it from what two times the daily limit to three times, didn't they? Um, I don't, I don't know. I've never, for most of my life, we haven't paid attention to it. Honestly, um, once I started doing all the YouTube stuff and and became, you know, somewhat where I was putting my content on- online, I started thinking about it more and being like, well, you know, being as though um, I'm putting all my stuff on on for people to watch, I need to follow these laws before that. We just didn't worry about it. So yeah. I don't know. Cause it's just stupid. It's just stupid, but um, 
So hopefully that'll get changed. I want to go back to the teal. One question. Did you find there was a lot of pressure in our area for teal when you were hunting this year? Um, one of the areas that I was hunting, yeah, there were, there were quite a few groups out. Nobody, you know, within a couple hundred yards of me, but um, I was kind of surprised at the number of people who were out there. Um, but then another area that I hunted, we didn't see anybody else. So Right. When I, I started teal hunting our area in, I'd say, about 2006, 2007, and uh, hardly anyone teal hunted. I mean, hardly anyone did. I would go to – well, you think of like one of the most recognizable, well-traveled pools on the area that you would definitely know the name of. It's by itself. You got to walk like a mile to get back into it. No one would hunt that for teal. You could have it whenever you want. And even even the two pools are split. You go to the end of the road and the two pools are split. It's like one of the best teal pools and there's a big pool on one side. Even then, um, I didn't hunt those, but I would go and scout them and I would maybe see one truck. It's just really, really ramped up um, since since that time, unfortunately. It has, but it, it, it can be a decent, a decent. But this year with our water, it's just... Have you hunted since teal season in our area? Since it opened up, uh, I, I got out on one uh, one hunt for big ducks. Um, that was uh, last Thursday. How'd you do? Um, there, there were a bunch of ducks in my spot when I got there, um, but then after shooting time, they disappeared and <laughs> never saw them again. <laughs> right? Yeah. Did you run into other hunters? Uh, no, not out there. Was it one of the more traveled marshes? Uh, it's an area you have to draw for. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know where that is. I've never hunted that. Yeah. You got a special draw permit? That was in Kansas, mm-hmm. though? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that they were already doing that. I've never even put in for that draw. That yeah, point. I'll usually put in for it. Um, I've drawn it one other time and shot a total of one duck out of there, so... <laughs> That's so surprising it wouldn't be better. I've heard that it's that it's really hit and miss, and I don't know why yeah. it's not better. I don't understand why it's not better from the location and everything. Yeah, you would think it would get a lot of a lot of bird traffic, um, but it's such a mixed bag, and you can't really scout it before you go out. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to even tell where you're going to find water, let alone where the ducks are. Yeah, they just need to open that thing up. Yeah, probably. You know, you can hunt that teal season. I've never Mm -hmm. even scouted it, but I don't know if it's any good or not, but it's open hunting during teal season. So, so what do you remember about when we met? I want to see if my memory is accurate. Um, Yeah, so it was uh, out at a boat ramp, and uh, it was like August or something. I remember it was pretty hot. It was a uh, preseason scout. Yeah, yeah. And I was at, I had tried to take my kids out scouting. And That's it, right, yes. Yeah. It, you it had didn't like turn a baby with well. you. You had a baby, little, little one. Yeah, my younger one, she was uh, she was maybe two or three, something like that. But, yeah. yeah. And, th- yeah, the areas that I was going to try to walk into, I pretty much got there in the boat and decided that <laughs> it wasn't a good idea and took the boat <laughs> back to the ramp. <laughs> it's funny when you have kids – 
then you'll work up in your mind, oh, I can do this, and I know I can do that. And then you get them out in the field, and it, it rarely lives up to the easiness of yeah. what's in your mind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Aiden was with me, wasn't he? Yeah, I believe he was. Yep. Now, you were not you were not on Patreon at that point, right? Um, I don't remember, to be honest right. with you. So we hunt a lot of the same pools. So how many of, when you watch my videos, how many times do you know where I'm at? Most of the time? Um, I probably have a, a pretty good guess most of the time. Yeah. You know, there's probably a lot of lake hunts where, you know, it could be just about anywhere, but. Yeah. Uh, it's harder than a lot of people think it is to recognize things on video. I know I have a friend who I've hunted with and he has kind of started filming his hunts and he was hunting one of the pools that you would definitely know. Um, and I was watching the video and I was certain it was pool a, I mean, and I, I like am completely familiar with this pool and I talked to him and it was actually, it was a different pool. I would have bet, I would have bet all everything in my bank that it was the pool I thought it was. And it wasn't. And these are places that it's like, I know these like the back line. It's way harder than people think it is. I mean, sometimes you can get it, but I, so many times I have people email me. They'll, they'll say on a comment on a video, it's like, I know right where you're hunting. And I'll say, email me and tell me. And the majority of the time they're, they're right sometimes, but the majority of this happened like five times. I'd say they're like one or two out of five. Correct. People. It's not as easy as wow. people think it is. It's really not as easy as people think it is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, so what is your plan for this year? Cause, um, like where we hunt is, this is as, this is as bad as I've seen it since I know 2012 or 13, there was a horrible drought and it got really, really bad with the water that year. But this year is about as bad as that. So what, what is your game plan this year to deal with all the drought? Um, I don't know. i I need to get out and do more scouting. I think I, I went out this weekend and um, looked at a spot that I thought would have water, and it was it was all bone dry. So mm-hmm. um, that's the spot I usually go to when I when I can't think of anywhere else to go. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's dry, I may have to travel out a little bit more or something. But um, yeah, I'm probably going to scout a little bit more over the next week or two and try to find some some spots that have water 
Yeah, we've got really great pools in our area with really great food in it, but there's just not many of them. And everyone, I just can't imagine it's not going to be a complete zoo. Yeah, that's places. what I'm figuring. You know, with you taking off afternoons, what I have found, some of our pools, um, even on, on normal water years, they are by far the best on cloudy, dark days the last hour and a half of the day. Because, you know, they go into that night feeding mode. And yep. so... Um, one in particular is just known for being a fantastic evening spot. And so with you being able to take off the afternoons, that's what I would do if I was you. I would wait for those dark gray days and hit it like the last two, two and a half hours. Um, even when they're just stale as stale can be, it's just, they just, they're still night feeding, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's not a bad idea. It'll trick their senses and they'll think it's after shooting time. And some of those hunts can be. <laughs> When we get off here, I'll tell you the actual pool I'm I'm talking okay. about where I've had I've had some of my best hunts on it. In fact, one of my very best mallard hunts ever was was uh at that pool. I had gotten out there about eleven o'clock and I was by myself and I was just kind of hanging around by myself. It got to be about two thirty or so, and I saw this other guy walking in clear like three two hundred yards from me. I was just getting about ready to go because I was like, I hadn't seen anything. It had just been like nothing. And I went and talked to him and he's like, he's like, you're going to leave. He's like, no, no, just hunt with me. We were here last night. It's like this, this pool is an evening pool. He's like, just wait half an hour later by like two thirty, three o'clock. I mean, it was mallard just everywhere. And it was like one of those dark gray days. He was actually a weatherman um, from Topeka. And he was like on the news. I didn't recognize because I don't watch those news, but I, I, that stuck out. It's like, well, I bet you a lot of people would be like thrilled. Like everyone around living around Topeka would be thrilled to be hunting with this, with their weatherman. <laughs> but he's when he's like, yeah, we, my relatives have been hunting this for years. This is an evening pool. And uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely, I can't do it because I, I can't, I can't get out, you know, when those days get, but I think that's a good strategy for it for sure. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you grew up in this area. Give me a background of where you grew up and how you got into hunting and, and your waterfowl career. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I grew up in this area. Um, I guess kind of how I got into to waterfowl hunting is, uh, my grandpa was a very avid waterfowl hunter. Um, and, uh, when he retired, they, went to live um, in a house right by uh, Truman Reservoir in Missouri. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, growing up, that's where that's where he did uh, all his uh, duck hunting. And so it was, um, it was mostly him and my dad going out and hunting. And then um, I guess from an early age, I was, I was pretty, uh, pretty eaten up with it. Uh, just getting to, mess with the, the ducks after they got back and hearing the stories and all that. So, um, soon as I was able to, to carry a, a shotgun safely, I was itching to get out. Um, but right when I started hunting, uh, those first few years, that was probably the, the worst hunting that they had ever had out there. Um, it was kind of the, um, just, bad water levels where the water would come up during the summer and then go down during the fall. So you just had mud flats everywhere. Yeah. Um, and there, I know there were a couple of seasons there where I, I don't know if we, we ever fired a shot. So, <laughs> um, 
Um, but I, I was still very into it. Um, and then once I got old enough to drive, I kind of went out on my own, tried different areas, tried different styles of hunting, um, and started to have uh, a little bit more success. Um, and I, for work and school and stuff, I've, I've moved around a little bit. So, um, lived in different parts of Kansas. Um, I've lived in Southern Illinois for a while and, and got to experience some of the, the different environments down there. They've got, I mean, out there they've got everything from flooded timber, cypress swamps, um, you know, flooded crops. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting environment down there, but, um, ended up coming back here for work and, um, yeah, I've, I've uh, it's taken me a little bit to, kind of learn learn the areas that I like to hunt around here mm-hmm. and kind of pattern the birds, but uh, I feel like I'm starting to get get it figured out. Yeah. That, that first time when you're able to have success on your own in your life is, I don't know about you, but for me, that was just some of the most special times. Like, my dad's not finding these spots. My dad's not. Like, I found them. I'm having success on there. That's what hooks you on public. Yeah. You know? It's just like, I found them. <laughs> well, cool. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I was going to ask you. Uh, everything else I want to talk to you about is going to have to be off air. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many times do you think you, you'll get out this year? How many times do you get out in a normal season? Um, usually if I can get out about 20 times or so, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy. Um, just with, uh, with kids and everything, you know, I can't get out, get out every single day, but, um, 20 hunts is, is a, a good number for me. So right. that's what I'll be shooting for this year. Cool. Well, uh, good luck with everything. Um, let's try to get in a, a hunt together. Uh, my, I know yeah, my group, my group's thinning out as far as having people to hunt with. So, um, feel free to call me, check and see if I'm available. And I'm sure I guarantee you I'm going to be calling you at some point. I don't mind hunting by myself, but I I would like honestly to develop a little more of a network around here because I don't want to always hunt by myself, which that's kind of where we're starting to head around here with my dad doesn't hunt really anymore and Aiden's gone and Dan doesn't hunt anymore. So that's kind of, kind of the phase I'm at. So we'll have to hook up a little more often. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for joining me. Hang on. We're still going to spin the wheel and do all of that but and uh those of you that are here on the live chat um, stick around but for those of you that are listening on the podcast thank you so much for joining me if you want to become part of the patreon crowd it's patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting go and check it out until next time you've listened to another episode of the north american waterfowler podcast